WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 153, all about the Silmarillion, chapter 14 of the Realms of Beleriand, aka the most unreadable piece of literature I've ever experienced in my life, being the 153rd part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and right now I'm reading The Silmarillion, so you don't have to. Today I'm joined by Sil... Let me... Let me... Silmarimily. Yes. <laughs> Silmarimily. There you there go. There we go. From TikTok. Welcome, Emily. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. You've been uh, constantly requested by a lot of people when I... Um, ask for like uh, especially on tiktok when i'm like who are some creators on here yeah and so i'm like the silmarillion is really where i'm connecting Mm -hmm. with i I, i'd say like the most some of the best people i think oh yeah because everyone is so fun and knowledgeable and friendly so well why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about your history with lord of the rings and and tolkien how did you get introduced to it yeah so my mom is like the lord of the rings aficionado in my family she like destroyed her copies growing up and i kind of got into it in high school she bought me a box set for christmas I picked up The Hobbit and got one page in and I put it down. I didn't – I oh. could not get into it. <laughs> so then I tried the, you know, Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think I got a little bit into Fellowship. Again, gave up. Um, and then I started on Return of the King and I think kind of got partway through and then gave up again. And then a couple of years later, I was actually working in my school's library and they were phasing out – um, some like books that hadn't been checked out in a while. And I had the opportunity to look through them first. And one of them was The Silmarillion. It hadn't been checked out in like years. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were phasing out The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I'm no. like, that's bad. <laughs> that that this, says a lot about. <laughs> it was this like tattered old copy of The Silmarillion. And I was like, hey, can I have this? Like just, you know, have it. And the librarian said, sure. So I um, just kind of started reading it. I had an internship over the summer. And whenever I wasn't doing anything, I would just pick up the Silmarillion. Uh, And I actually actually read the Silmarillion first before I ever read completely any of the other like Lord of the Rings. That's that's wild which to me. And nobody gets and I don't know if you'll be able to see, but I do have this the same copy which I did annotate. I used the little flags. Wow. I at one point also had like a note book filled with like my like anytime somebody would mention somebody was related to I would like add it to oh. this family tree that I had I would write down just like important tidbits of like when people were mentioned um oh I think my gosh I've you would lost it but <laughs> yeah like that notebook would be you would need like 20 notebooks <laughs> it was a lot of pages it was one of those like little um fold over where it's like the page and you just kind of fold them over and I think it was like half okay. of this fold over notebook full of these some really notes. Um, but yes, I did recently read the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy for the first time in its entirety. Um, and I have to say, I still prefer the Silmarillion, which I know is such an unpopular opinion. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of like my history, my background, where I'm at right now in terms of like the books and obviously the movies, everybody, you know, loves and knows the movies. But 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I think that makes you an even better person to come on for this chapter <laughs> um, because it, listeners who – okay, well, first, before I get into that, I do want to say real quick, though um, – you are like at the top of my like I don't know good noodle column oh. <laughs> because you made videos about how Faramir would be worthy <laughs> and is like kind of more worthy than Sam to pick up Thor's hammer uh-huh. and I absolutely agree oh with you. like I I love like I don't think I can emphasize to you how much I love Faramir. Oh my god. Um, and so seeing that you made, so I was like scrolling through your profile before <laughs> we got on to be like, what has she made recently? Yeah. Um, and saw one of your videos that just said Faramir greater than, than Sam. Sam. And I was like, yes, girl, I did it, she I did it for the it. clickbait, y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh. She, well, so I mean, many, you pulled me in. Sam has so many fans, like, uh, rightly so. He's a wonderful character. But um, I feel like he's become this, like, you know, nobody can be greater than Sam, like, kind of character. Like, if you don't like Sam, you're, like, bad. I don't know. It just bothers oh, me. reading, I don't know how you felt reading it because watching the movie Sam is a is a little more tolerable I was very mm-hmm. annoyed by him reading the book I was so annoyed by him yeah um mm-hmm. so I did yeah I did not like Sam he's not exactly my favorite character even me with the movie yeah. so there was a lot of characters that like flip-flopped for me in terms of like books versus movies like I think movie Aragorn is a hundred times better than book Aragorn Um, And I found that about a lot of characters, but for me, it's definitely, like you said, like movie Sam, I don't, he's not one of my favorites, but I do like him much better than book Sam. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. just like, but yeah, Yeah. Faramir is like, I love movie and book Faramir, so I did not know that you had the same opinion. That makes me so happy. Yes. Oh my God. Like, I could give a TED talk on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So, since you... So did you you watch the movies before you read the books then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So were you surprised when you read Faramir's character? Because he takes such a departure from his path in the book and like his qualities and features in the book um, yes. that he does in the movie. Mm. I could give a, a separate TED talk about that too, yes. about movie Faramir. I... So when a lot of people say, hear you say, hear you or me say, Faramir's the best, but yeah. they're just, they're probably just thinking about movie Faramir. There was a, a lot jerk. of, there, <laughs> there was a lot of argument about that in my, on that video too. And I still think movie Faramir has like, good qualities like I don't hate him as much as some people do um because I already knew like before I fully read the books there was a lot of stuff that I was kind of aware of that was going to be different um a lot that I wasn't aware of but one of the things that I was like very aware of was the differences in Faramir so I wasn't like shocked or disappointed um I kind of knew what I what it was going into it and although I do think that book Faramir is like in insanely much more of a better character um i still right i still like movie faramir like i don't okay i don't hate him i can't <laughs> see i i just come at it from the mindset of like movie faramir i can't blame you because peter jackson made you do this right exactly like, <laughs> like i get i get story-wise why that needed to happen like 
why Sam and Frodo needed to be some like I get building that because Sam and Frodo don't really have that much action and stuff happening in that part of their story. That's the funniest part to me is Uh that Sam and Frodo's side of the Lord of the Rings, which is the main plot of Lord of the Rings, is in my opinion, what the more boring, uneventful it, oh, it's side. Oh, totally. That, that was the hardest part to get through in Two Towers was those oh chapters because I found them infinitely more. I mean, the movie does such a good job of going back and forth, and I was yeah, used to that. You have to do it like that. The, the way that it was chunked up, how he just did the really interesting story and then the not as interesting story, I was like, oh, this is yeah. like a drag to get through. Fearmere was the only like saving grace of that part of the story. (laughs) Oh my see that that's why I say I love Faramir, like one of my reasons why I love him so much is because when you're reading Two Towers, it's like Sam, Frodo, Gollum. They're just, it's, they're so weary. I, he just, everybody's weary. No one's happy. No one's, it's sad. Yeah. It's just a sad kind of depressing part of the book because they're tired. They're hungry. They don't know where they're going. Gollum keeps trying to kill them. Uh, yeah. Like, it's just like not And then like exciting. you meet Faramir yeah. and you're like, oh. <gasps> Oh my yeah, gosh, this new character, like, ooh, is he, like, is he is cool? Is he bad? Then you find out he's, yeah. in fact, very cool. Mm-hmm. He's like, great, let me help you. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I could, yeah. Okay, I so anyway. <laughs> um, well, speaking of parts of Tolkien that are a drag to get through. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we come to chapter 14 of Beleriand and its realms, and... I was warned about this chapter um, by some previous guests who said, like, oh, yeah, there's this one chapter that's just all about maps. And (laughs) I didn't at the time I was like, oh, that sounds boring, but I'm sure it won't be that bad. Um, I like literally the first like three sentences. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do well with this chapter Luckily, at all. it's pretty short. I think that's the one thing it's got going for it. That it's it not... felt too long to me. <laughs> <laughs> like you get to the end, you're like, it could have oh, been longer. It could have been. It could have been longer. Talking, that's true. Yes, it could have been longer. Yeah. Um. <sighs> so, th- like this chapter broke me. That broke me. I'm. I'm done. It truly broke me. I made it to okay. So, so the main problem, or not the main problem, one of the things that like truly broke me uh-huh. is that in this first chapter, it's talking about Angband mm-hmm. and Melkor and his, you know, fortress and Autumno, and it's in the. It just references Arid Engren, the Iron Mountains. In this one paragraph, it mm-hmm. says Arid Engren, like five times and so I'm trying to flip back and forth and find it on the map and I can't find it and then this is when I pull out um, Google and I find the interactive Lord of the Rings maps. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately there are error codes when you pull up the Beleriand map and when you click on um, the, there's like a timeline tab or maybe oh, it's the no it's the events uh-huh. tab um and you can click on it it's very great for the middle earth map yeah but for Beleriand, um i don't know if it's just my old computer or if it, or if just no one has looked at it right. in a while yeah <laughs> but i couldn't pull up the pinpoints on the map that mm-hmm. showed the different events so i couldn't find it and i'm google searching yeah. come to find out the Iron Mountains are not on this map at all. Yeah. They are 
So they are much more north, north of yes. everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of when I really lost it is because I had spent like 15 minutes <laughs> like, staring at my book it? trying to be like, which mountain are the iron mountains, not the shadowy mountains, right? not the oh, echoing everything mountains. Because always has three names. So you don't always know because like what oh he refers gosh. to in the paragraph might not be what it's called on the map. And you're like. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And sometimes it'll be the Sindar name and sometimes it's the Noldor name, which I find interesting. Yeah. And um, I just like there was one point where I was just reading the same sentence over and over trying to picture things in my head. And like I I promise y'all I try I went into this with such an open mind. I was like, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. I'm going to pull up a map. It's going to be fine. We're going to be organized. And I, I could not do it. I lost it. And this is where I I was like tweeting. I was making TikToks. <laughs> I was losing my mind. And yeah. I was, I think I have transitioned into, I think the Silmarillion is actually the worst because I have really, <laughs> truly been trying to give it yeah, an a fair open shot. mind, yeah. a fair shot. But like it necessitates Every one of my brain cells, <laughs> and I have none left at yeah. this point. This so, is a chapter I wouldn't blame people for giving up on. Like, I always think, like, oh, you just got to get past that part. You just got to get past that part. And then you get here, and you're like, oh, yeah. is it even worth it? Yeah. I – if I was – if I had the choice – if I, like, knew how bad this was ahead of time, I would have just skipped this chapter. Yeah. I feel like if there's any, I mean, it does have like, you know, for, for the sake of saying you read it kind of thing. Um, and it does mention some important like people and places, but I feel like mm-hmm. if there's any chapter to forego, <laughs> then it's this one. Yes. I to, to summarize, the important tidbits you get out of this chapter are the like political territories of what of like which of Fingolfin's and which of mm-hmm. Feanor's sons yeah. um have rule over which yes. areas essentially yeah. and there are some like other geographical of like this river is really big yeah. <laughs> and then there's this other also really he's big river he's basically so... describing the map like he drew I don't know yeah. what order they came in I don't know if he wrote it then drew it or drew it then wrote that's it. what I was wondering too but he's literally just going through and saying like what is on the map <laughs> yeah like if he got mugged by Beleriand uh-huh. and then went to the police station and they're like can, can, and they got describe- a like, character <laughs> yeah. artist in to draw it and he's like yeah sketch. let me describe it to you so in the north there are these mountains and then a little bit southwest yeah. of this is this river and it goes this way and yep that's a perfect so. description <laughs> I think we might see a little transition in the podcast just because, like, again, I'm really trying to give it a fair shot, but we're Uh at chapter 14 now. And, like, the amount of times people are like, oh, you just got to get into this part of the story. You just got to get into this, into this, into this. And I'm like, okay, but by that point, the story, the book is mostly over. (laughs) You're still not into it. And then, yeah. Yeah. And also the annoying part, the annoying thing on my part of like podcasting and planning Mm -hmm. is that we're not even going to get to the last section that's called um, 
the of the rings of power and the third age. Yeah. We're not even going to get to that section in time for the series <gasps> Rings of Power. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. Yeah. We are just going to finish the numbered chapters right. in time to start covering the series by the time the series premieres. Oh and gosh. like if I didn't care about like capitalizing on the hype yeah, of yeah. <laughs> the episodes coming out each week, I would just finish the Silmarillion and then watch the show. But I want to watch it live with everyone, right. you know, so yeah. I want to talk about it with everyone. I don't want to have to like be in a bubble for like another three months and then come right. out and be like, right. hey, I'm ready to watch this. And everyone's like, we did that Been already. There, done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone's over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing a transition of so so that being said, I that's why I think it's coincidentally a great chapter for you to come on because you're someone cuz like I was tweeting things like <laughs> there's no way people read this voluntarily. There's no way people read this book and, and are like this is great. Um I feel like if there's so, anybody to advocate for the Silmarillion after a chapter yes. like this, it is me. <laughs> Yes. So like, come on, I think it's going to be a lot of people coming on and advocating for the Silmarillion and me being like, this This is the most insane piece of literature. (laughs) Like did Tolkien did not he didn't need to do this. Oh, absolutely not. Like it is kind of unfathomable to read this chapter and think like one person just pulled this out of thin air. Like, where did he come up with all this? And he's telling it so, you know, matter of factly. like, this is the geography of this land. Yes. Like he, he is telling not- it to you as if he is, you know, listing off the yes. 50 states of the of the United States. Yes, it is so confidently stated that this is what this planet slash land mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah, like the sky is blue, is- the grass is green, the iron mountains are in the right. north. It's like he's, where- <laughs> he's seeing it with his own eyes. Like it's he's, he's describing it like he's like Lewis and Clark, like he's been to these places and he's yeah. saying like, this is what's there and this is what it looks like. And for someone like me, like, who struggled to picture the parts of the Lord of the Rings books that aren't in the movies, like they, we'd get to somewhere that hadn't been in the movies and I would be like, I have no idea what this looks like. Something like this is like totally unfathomable and like impossible to, unless yeah. I don't know if there are some people out there that have really good like mental images of things and can read something and picture it in their head, but I cannot do that. So the map in mm-hmm. this chapter especially is essential, crucial. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, listeners, I will leave links in the episode description um, to different resources. That I wish I could say, oh, I found these helpful, but like this is a really <laughs> confusing chapter. It so it's like, how can something be <laughs> helpful when it's the hardest chapter so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did like turn to these resources to help guide me through and get me to some semblance of beat because I was like, (laughs) if I was reading this in high school, I would just skim through it and not care. But like, I have to sit down and talk about this. (laughs) I have to be the host of a podcast and talk about this for an hour. I have to explain this to other people. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway. All right. All right. Let's do this. So um, we start off by describing, yes, the north, the part that isn't on the map in the book at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, where we already know all this stuff, basically. There's a lot in this chapter that, yeah, we already know this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot that's like, oh, this is kind of like foreshadowing at things yep. to come. And this is kind of catching us up to speed on what's most recently happened. So yeah. um, it describes the Iron Mountains in the north where... Um, 
Melkor built Autumno and later built Angband. Yeah. Um, we also know that during uh, his battle with the Valar, before he was captured, that those things got destroyed and he was taken to Valinor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Angband was not wholly destroyed. And that's where things like Balrogs and Orcs and this pesky little guy named Sauron um, were able to survive. Uh-huh. Um, cool. That's great. Yep. Um, then... <laughs> There to the west of that is the land of the mist, Hill uh, uh-huh. Salome. Right. Great. Um, named by the Noldor. Which is Hiflum. Um, Hiflum is the uh, Sindar name for it. I think that's what. Okay. More is people... that Hiflum? Okay. That's what yeah. I thought at first. And then I was like, wait a minute. That. Because yes. it starts with it. I saw H. I saw an H. I saw an I. I saw an L. Yeah. And so my brain immediately was like, "Oh yeah, Hiflum, whatever." Yeah. And then reading it just now, I was like, "That it's, does not say it's Hiflum." It's the the Quenyune. It's Hesilome, I think, is how you say it. Don't okay, quote me on that. Cool. But you can call so, it. So yeah, Hithlum. we know <laughs> we've experienced some of Hiflum and Mithrim. Uh-huh. Um, Mithrim is within Hithlum to remind everyone. Um, that was a key part of our previous chapter. Um, I think Mithrim is where Feanor died. Fingolfin and Fingon, his son. So reminder for everyone, Fingolfin <laughs> is the second son. Feanor died. Mm-hmm. So technically the kingship should go to his oldest son, Maedros. Mm-hmm. But Maedros in a sign of goodwill towards his uncle and cousins who they yep. abandoned over in Valinor. <laughs> Whoops. Um <laughs> handed the lordship over to Fingolfin. Yes. Um, and this was a very, this was very much like, oh, egad. Yeah. Like, what? Yes. <laughs> um, Let's see. Yeah. So they have territory over Hithlum and Mithrim. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of chief fortresses mentioned in this chapter. Oh. And... My thing reading this chapter, I'm like, you know what? If things are important enough, I will remember, like, I'll, as I keep reading, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that being mentioned previously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in this chapter that you have to, like, commit to memory to understand anything in the future. There are, like, mentions of things, but like like you said, you'll remember if it's important. And if it's super important, I have a feeling Tolkien will bring it up again. He has never been, he's never shied away from describing things in as many words as he can so i'm pretty sure he would reiterate it if it was that important (laughs) this is true yeah he is not one to leave a loose end so no um this is a coming you know from a book that is entirely like tying up loose ends (laughs) cool they do that territory awesome Mm -hmm. um and then there is nevrost and Mm -hmm. that is controlled by Turgon, the wise son of yes. Fingolfin. Um, and a reminder for everyone in the previous chapter, Turgon and 
Finrod were given these weird dreams by Olmo, and they're like, what does that mean? Um, and I believe Turgon let went on like a solo quest and found some hidden mountain, um, and we haven't seen yet what that turns into. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen yet in the story what that turns into, but on the map, I can see it's called Gondolin. And yes. I'm pretty sure that's important because that sounds like a very familiar name to me. So yes, Gondolin, we'll get there. <laughs> I don't know if that's like spoilers, but yes, Turgon becomes the king of Gondolin, which is like just an important elvish city later on. Um, and I'm also pretty sure flipping ahead to chapters to come, I saw... Mm-hmm the title of the fall of Gondolin. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that'll come too. <laughs> oh, it does. Um, <laughs> yeah. You'll hear a lot more about, about Turgon later on. What I find interesting about Nevrost that it mentions is that this is a place where a lot of Noldor and Sindar have come and they've kind of come to like coexist together. Yeah. Because it was this area that Olmo and Ose had been wont to come in days of old. So um, being, you know, people of the water, um, they are going to go to where, you know, their gods would be known to go. Maybe they'll show up there again. Who knows? But probably not. I don't know. But they're like, well, if we're going to see him again, this is where it's going to happen. So let's be here just in case. Right. And, 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 you know, elves like men, um, especially the elves that sort of tried to make their way to Valinor, get lost along the way, like, they settled by the sea. So, I mean, just like humans did, you know, you settle by water. So that's important about Neverest is that it is by the ocean. It is, like, right by the water. Mm-hmm. So that's where yes. they, like, they meet back up, you know, the elves that didn't quite make it to Valinor and then the elves that are coming from Valinor, that's where they sort of meet back up. And I appreciate the mention of, like, they're coexisting peacefully yes. because... doesn't always happen. <laughs> up until now, it's just been, like, a lot of these different factions of, like, the yeah. Vanyar, <laughs> the Noldor, the Teleri, and then we have factions of the Teleri, and then there are, like, three factions of the different factions and that broke off from the Teleri. obviously kind of go a little crazy. Like, Feanor oh has his gosh. own little cult going on with all of his sons that, you know, in the previous yes. chapter, they obviously heal those bonds a little bit. But, yes, it's nice to see them coexisting a little bit. Yes. So there is um, on some mountain. Wait, let me. Did I skip? Oh yeah. Okay. So north, um, where are where the the Iron Mountains are? Remember, those are off the map. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the actual north of our map in the book, yeah. is Ard Gallen, mm-hmm. um, and there are some mountains there that Angrod and Agnor, 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 keep watch over. And they kind of do this on behalf of their brother, Finrod. um, Because remember, Finrod built that cool fortress that they'll talk about in a minute. Um, So he's not Mm -hmm. right up there. But um, his... No, wait. Finarfim... Hang on, I'm trying... Is Finrod one of their brothers? Which one? Who are you talking about? Or is Fingon one of their cousins? Um, Is Finrod... A brother of Angrod and Agnor. Let me go to the. Let me go to my to the family tree. <laughs> oh my god! This really see, it's stuff like this. Is, it, it doesn't really that. matter. It doesn't matter. But like <clears throat> I, yes, they're all brothers. Great. Yes. 
Okay, so they're all brothers. Anyway, Finrod has told his two brothers to go yeah. um, and keep watching the North just mm-hmm. in case some, you know, mischief happens with, with Morgoth. Right. right. <laughs> there is the Pass of Sirion. There's this where the river Sirion mm-hmm comes by whatever point is is that in the midst of this river there's this this uh island um that is built upon um a mighty watchtower named Minas Tirith yes and I hope that this is the same Minas Tirith that we later see in Lord of the Rings it is not actually (sighs) it is a different Minas Tirith so this part of Beleriand that we're in right now so later we might get to it, but the river Gelion is at the very, very west of the map of Middle-earth. So later on, we will see this. I don't know if this is like spoilers, but essentially this whole map, everything we're talking about here, by the time of the Lord of the Rings is completely underwater. It doesn't exist anymore. There's like only a very sliver of this map and a sliver of the Middle-earth map that actually meet up. So this is far, far west of the Middle-earth map. So this is just, I don't know if Tolkien ever says how the Minas Tiriths are related, but I mean, one can assume that they just took the name of this Minas Tirith, but they are in fact different. (laughs) You know how he does, reusing the names. (laughs) I, see, that makes me, I am so furious (laughs) because they're, there have been so many times reading this so far where it hints at things that I'm like, oh, I think I know what that is. It's talking about like Ungoliant. She goes off into a forest and she dies and she has her babies there. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be like the beginnings of Mirkwood, right? And then it's like, no, actually not. I mean, like the babies she has in there, I guess, technically do go off to Mirkwood, but yeah, no, that's yeah. not. And then I'm like, oh, Ecthelion, is that like a descendant of, you know, Denethor's father? Because I know Denethor is the son of it and it's like no they just reuse the names and then there's also another elf in here named Denethor and finally (laughs) we got to something that was like he built a mighty watchtower Minas Tirith and I was like maybe those are the that's the beginnings of what they built Minas Tirith in Gondor to be and I think I literally wrote yeah I wrote um Please tell me the Minas Tirith Finrod makes is the same Minas Tirith of Gondor. <laughs> no, this Minas Tirith is long, long gone by the time of the other one. <laughs> I don't know why he decided book. to give <laughs> an entirely new... So, like, the map that you've been looking at is, like, not relevant at all to anything that happens in the Third Age. I can't remember exactly when this part goes underwater, but I think it's at the end of the Second Age. Don't quote me. Great. Yes. I cannot wait for everything to sink. You know what? I, I can't wait. I'm, I, I'm so excited. We're going to count down. Bye. Um, it's just going to fall into the ocean. Yeah. Um, um, also, something worth mentioning that I don't think I necessarily understood until coming across the chapter and do, doing Google searching is that Beleriand is just the northwest piece of Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, and so there's like lands and stuff that we're not even going to we're not even talking about and we're not yep. even touching on. And also like I like just give if you're going to give me a map in the book give me a map that's a map of the whole land. You can that, look up I was, maps. I was so 
There are, like, I've seen maps where people connect the Beleriand and the Middle Earth map, but obviously it's the Middle Earth map of the Third Age, not what's happening at the time of. Yeah. It's just, we, so we have no idea what's going on in that section of and I also, the world. <laughs> I was so, I was so confused in the beginning chapters when they're, um, like they're creating Middle Earth and it's talking mm-hmm. about like, oh yeah, this thing fit, like Melkor knocked the lamps over and it completely changed uh-huh. everything. And I'm like, well, I don't know how it changed because I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, I didn't have a map of Valinor. And so I'm like, I don't know where this island is in relation to, relation to the mm-hmm. beach where these guys are. And yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, Minas Tirith. <laughs> Yeah, Finrod made this area, but after he makes his fortress, um, he gives it over to his brother, Oradreth. So Oradreth has this little area covered. There's some long paragraphs about the River Sirion and the River Narog. Those yeah. are kind of the main rivers. Um, oh, wait, no, I, I lied because there's also the Gel- Gelion yeah. River that so comes up later, too. Basically, what you need to know is the River Sirion is smack dab in the middle of Beleriand. So when he's talking about east versus west, he's talking about east versus west of the river. And like when he's speaking about the, there's one point where he says the left hand on Syrian's left hand, he's talking about east Beleriand because the rivers are flowing from the mountains into the Bay of Balar. So if you are the river, if you're that, standing on the river as it flows, yeah. the left hand of the river is East Beleriand, which <laughs> that, I, I know what, yeah, I know what part you're talking about and that can, cause like I had the map pulled out and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, the things you're describing are not to the left of the right. river, they are on the right side of the river. Yeah. What? And then I was like, are you supposed to be, fi- um, to use some like theater terminology, when um, you're in a play, the stage directions are named from the the um, perspective of the actor. Uh-huh, so yeah. stage left is actually if you were watching in the audience and the, the director right. tells the actor on stage go stage left, they actually go to your right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is this like a yes, stage left, stage it right? Is. <laughs> and the river. Okay, great. Uh, Nargog is just one that, like, it's, like, a tributary of, um, Sirion. It flows through Nargothrond, which is Finrod's whole deal. So, that is West Beleriand. So, it kind of flows from West Beleriand, kind of meets up with Sirion, and then Gelion is over far to the east. That's the one where, um, it makes up the little tributaries of Assyriand. Yes. Yeah. So those, I think those are the three Sorry, looking most important now. rivers. He does mention other ones, but like Eros is another one that I think flows into Syrian. So I guess there's four important rivers. <laughs> what is more annoying to me is that um, it mentions later that the river Gelion um, mm-hmm. diverges off into seven other rivers. Yes, that those are the rivers <laughs> that like, are at the very edge. So like. The Arid Luin are right to the east of those seven rivers, and that is the far west of the map of Middle Earth, like the Blue Mountains, Arid Luin. <sighs> <laughs> Anywho, so um, yeah, there's some rivers. Also wow. worth mentioning, Nargothrond, his fortress again detailed um, the building of in the previous chapter. He, it's worth mentioning that he's in a pretty like safe 
place. Um, he builds uh, a like watchtower on the sea to the west, just in case Morgoth comes up that way. But mm-hmm. um, it says that Morgoth would never build ships um, or make war by sea. Water all his servants shunned, and to the sea none would go willingly. Wait, one. What you get the point? Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're not gonna go. They in don't the water, like the water. So yeah. Great. Also, another thing worth mentioning, um, because Nargothrond is um, kind of by the coast where some of those Teleri were, you know, made settlements um, Mm -hmm. that were discussed several weeks ago now at this point. I don't remember when. (laughs) Círdan, the the shipmaker, was uh, kind of their leader. I was like, oh, no, here come the Noldor, and they're just going to stamp all over these elves who have, like, made their settlements mm-hmm. and villages, and they've been living their lives in this land, and then here come the Noldor to to just be like, right. we're here now. This is our land. Um, but luckily, Círdan and Finrod have a friendship and an alliance, yes. and it seems to be a pretty, you know, peaceful land there. Yes. I feel like Finrod does a good job of being in his little kingdom right now. Yes, because Círdan's yes. like on the coast, building his little ships as he does. Oh no, never mind. I was going to say, oh yeah, and reminder, Finrod is the one who went and saved Maedros from Morgoth. Nope, that was Fin gone. Fin gone. Yes. Oh, so many Fins. I hate all of these names. I yes. hate all these names. It it's dumb. It's dumb. Finrod, Fin gone, Fin Golfin, Fin Arfin. Fin Arfin. Like, there's, there's so many. <laughs> what I find hilarious is that yeah, so you have like. Like, you have a lot, yeah, a lot of similar sounding names. You have Angrod and Agnor, yeah. Mithros, Maglor. There's also um, Emrod and, then it's and like, Emrath. Yeah, Emrod, Emrath. And mm-hmm. then it's like Turgon. Yeah, <laughs> um, just a random. Oh, yeah. And then and then Galadriel. Gal- yeah, see, I was <laughs> like- going to say, like, they, did, they went really off script with Galadriel there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like that must have been a point where... Like, Tolkien's already, by the time he's, like, getting into Silmarillion's, like, mm-hmm. details, like, the names of all the different sons and grandsons and stuff and whatever. Yeah. He's probably, by that point, Galadriel's already an existing character, so he has to be, like, oh, he's man, I wish I had, like, named to- <laughs> Yeah. And so, like, and she doesn't match with everyone else. Right. Because <laughs> he had already, like, made her name. Let's see. Why did I hire? Oh, that's right. Um, they also make um over in the Finrod's land in Nargothrond, kind of by the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a refuge. It says the la- last refuge if evil came on the Great Isle of Balar. Uh, but mm-hmm. thankfully they actually. It doesn't it doesn't say like, oh, but they never had to go there. It just says, but it was not their fate that they should ever dwell there. So something else Very might happen <laughs> where even dwelling there wouldn't save them. Right. Interesting right. wording. I just kind of noticed. Um, it is. And then it mentions that Finrod had like the greatest realm and mm-hmm. like the greatest ruling of everyone, even though he was the youngest of the great lords of the Noldor. And this is where I need mm-hmm. to... That's right. He is Fingolfin's... No. He is Finarfin's... No. <laughs> yes, he's Finarfin's... Fin... Wait, are you talking about Finrod? Finrod is Finarfin's eldest son. I believe he is also... So it's Finrod, okay, Gladriel, and then Egnor and... What's the other one? Egnor and 
Angrod. They are all siblings. Okay. He's, you know, the son of the youngest of Finway's sons who didn't even come no. over to Balerion. So, right. you know, on paper, he shouldn't have, you know, rule no. over the supposedly the greatest yeah. area. But no. Um, but he does. Cool. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Finrod. Um, it does still say though that you know even that that like you know Fingolfin is still Lord of the Noldor. It's not like people are like, oh yeah, right. I mean Fingolfin's technically our Lord, but we more look to Finrod together with Fingon ruling over Hithlam. Things are going great. And their mm-hmm. people were the most hardy and valiant and most feared by the orcs and most hated by Morgoth. So they're doing pretty good. Yay. Yeah. I feel like being hated by Morgoth is a good good thing. <laughs> and then is where I kind of just stopped looking at the map. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As I was reading it. That's fair. Um, so they're just kind of worth noting. It mentions that the empty land of Dimbar under the peaks of Chryseagrim. Um, is where the eagles are. Yes. Um, and I believe that's kind of like. Let me see. Oh no. I. Let me flip. T- let me go to the other map. Yeah, there's a lot of mapping. Dumbar. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, so that's kind of like in the middle of this of Beleriand. Mm-hmm. It's near um Doriath, where Thingol and Melian have reign over everything. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. I just found that interesting that like, oh, we know where the eagles live. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go track them down next time. (laughs) And then this is also the no land of Nandungorthub is where Ungoliant had fled Uh um, after her encounter with, what's his face, Morgoth and the Balrogs. And this is where she supposedly withered away and died. Um. And I love the way I always love the way that Tolkien writes about Shelob and Ungoliant, mm-hmm. but he's so descriptive and like the imagery he uses when he's describing like darkness. Oh my gosh, yes. I is so it's so good and like reading this dry, dense chapter. <laughs> and then we get to like this one little bit where I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. Um yeah. So yeah, it says, there she dwelt a while, filling the ravines with her deadly gloom, and there still, while she, when she had passed away, her foul offspring lurked and wove their evil nets, and the thin waters that spilled from arid Gorgoroth were defiled and perilous to drink. For the heart, this is all one sentence, by yes. the way, listeners. <laughs> um, for the hearts of those that tasted them were filled with shadows of madness and despair. All living things else shunned that land, and the Noldor would pass through Nandungortheb only at great need. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, what a like random like yeah. poetic description to throw in the middle of this map chapter. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I do think it's interesting that he places it above Doriath, like sort of right above. The girdle. Yeah. And I was like, I just thought, like, geographically, that's interesting. Like, you'd think she would go up to, like, Angband and up there somewhere, like, somewhere dark and deep. But she kind of just goes just at the foot of these mountains in between the mountains and the forest. 
where Doriath mm-hmm. is. I just, I don't know. I always found that weird. Yeah. And, like, obviously when Thingol and Melian were setting up their land, they wouldn't know that, like, hey, one day this evil spider is going <laughs> <Right>. to come <laughs> right on the edge of our property, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it is, like, they are, like, very close to this, like, evil and darkness yeah. where, like, no one goes. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, nearby this land um, is Dor-Dinan, the silent land. <laughs> so just a lot of, yeah, just, like... We don't go to those places. Yeah, but, you know, they have a name. They're on the map anyway, even though yes. there's no significance to them being yeah. there. Classic. Below, yeah, so below that are the guarded woods of Doriath, abode of Thingol, the hidden king, into whose realm none passed save by his will. And I was like, I know that part. Yep. Great. I that got is that. Familiar. I got that down. Yes. We, we yes. know all about Melian and Thingol and Doriath at this point, so... I understand all of that. That's amazing. Yeah. It mentions this one part. I think it's within the girdle of Melian. So remember the part that she, her like little protective mm-hmm. bubble where um it's kind of in dedication to Olmo. Um, and there are like great oak trees. So it just sounds like a really beautiful part of the forest, I guess. Yeah. She just wanted to have part of the river Sirion flow through her land as to be in reverence of Olmo. Um, yeah, like it says, so that some portion of Sirion, which she loved in reverence of Olmo, should be wholly under the power of Thingol. So, like, that Thingol is protecting at least some part of this river in reverence to Olmo. Oh, this is what, sorry, I skipped something and I wanted to go back to it. Yeah. It mentions, um, when it's describing Nan Dungorfeb, um, right before it starts saying, like, oh, yeah, this is where Ungoliate went, mm-hmm. it says, um, that region was filled with fear, for upon its one side, the power of Melian fenced the north march of Doriath. But upon the other side, um, blah, blah, blah. so, oh, wait, no, hang on. Never mind. I misread that. I thought it was saying, like, oh, yeah, people feared this area because it was so close to the power of Melian and they were afraid of her if you, like, went wrong into her territory. But it's saying on the other side is where that is. So never mind. I misread that completely. Moving on (laughs) to a long paragraph all about rivers that I did not care about. Um, Yeah, I feel like you can probably skip that Part. I would say, are you talking about like the Eros? Yeah, it says where Eros flowed, and then it starts talking about with it, it's the river Gelian. Gelian, mm-hmm. and then it also mentions Sirion, it mentions Narog. So it mentions all these different. Oh, yeah, and then I also had to look up a new word. Oh. Um, I had to look up Mir, M E R E, because I have only ever used it in, um, I guess it's an a- as an adjective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Okay, what is a mirror? And it's literally just like another word for like a little body of water. And oh. I'm like, why not say why pond? Just say pond? Why yeah. not say lake? <laughs> also, at some point, he uses the word bulwark. Had to look that up too. <laughs> um, um, and it had like some religious connotations to it, like some oh. this idea of using like religion as a defense against bad, not bad things, but mm. like. A defense against stuff, but sometimes used improperly. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, but yeah. like it was getting to all these connotations. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to read a map. Yeah, literally. And then, it, yeah, then it starts talking about some uh, waterfalls and Osirand and uh, Gellion and uh, oh, yeah, all we need to know about. Actually, I say that, but all it mentions is that there is an 
island or something off of, I think in Osarian by the land of seven rivers. Mm-hmm. That's why it's named yeah. Osarian, mm-hmm. where this river goes around, it like goes into two parts and then it like goes around something and then it like converges. And that land, um, that little wa- island is named Tol Gallen, the Green Isle. There, Baron and Luthien dwelt after their return. Yes, so, that is one part of this that is them. important, that it calls to uh, to other characters, like what they're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I really, you know what, no, we just, don't, I just don't think we need this chapter at all. Well, also, I would like to point out later in that chapter, um, that paragraph, it says, um, where the Green Elves dwelt in Osiriand. Uh, says they were clad in green in spring and summer, and the sound of their singing could be heard even across the waters of Galeon, wherefore the Noldor named that country Lindon. The land of music and the mountains beyond they named Arid Lindon, for they first saw them from Assyrian. And that is important for the Lord of the Rings show, because one of the places that we're going is Lindon. So okay. that gives you a little context of where Lindon will be in, like, on this map in the show. Like, I don't know if the map will look exactly like this. I don't, I can't quite remember if this is, like, relevant to the Second Age, but that is the same Lindon as we will be seeing in the show, so. Okay. Well, then even <clears throat> more evidence, I think, for, you can just skip this because you're going <laughs> to see it later. see it later. You're going to watch the movie yeah. later. Um, like when you, you know, go into, um, when you go into English class and you just watch the movie uh, version yeah. of Pride and uh-huh. Prejudice or <laughs> Great Gatsby or something. Mm-hmm. Also, and when I say when you watch the movie version of Great Gatsby, children, um, I went to high school before there was a Leonardo DiCaprio yes. version of Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And so the movie version that we watched in class is like from the 50s. And all I remember is the scene where they're all in like the hotel, like kind of right before the climax, like as things are kind of coming to a head. And it just mentions that like it's the hottest day of the year. Mm -hmm. There's obviously no air conditioning and everyone is just sweating. And the way that the actors in this scene were just like they must have had buckets of water off screen just like throwing them onto and they're all just like yelling at it it was the worst movie i've ever seen in my life anyhow <laughs> i don't think i ever saw that version <clears throat> don't, i think we just to. read it I, I don't remember ever watching the movie version of that in high school i think we just read yeah, the we, book and we're like, oh, yeah no. i think i'm trying to remember <laughs> i think that was towards like the in towards the end of the year mm-hmm. when the teacher's like sure let's watch the movie version yeah great yay so there's lindon yeah that that'll be back. Yes. Um, and then kind of again touched on in the previous chapter, east kind of, or I guess I would say southeast yeah. of where Morgoth is. Yeah. Is it says the marches of Balerion that were most open to attack, and so this is the march of Majros mm-hmm. where he went to dwell with the rest of Feanor's sons, essentially, kind of in this general region, um, because it's the most open to attack from Morgoth. And I just kind of love that about Majorus, that it's like very, it's like almost like yeah. self-deprecating, uh-huh. that he's like, you know, self-sacrificing, that he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll our people, here. my family did wrong. So we're going to go and we're going to be in charge of the place that uh, Morgoth is most likely to attack and we'll be there and, you know, we'll be the first soldiers on the front line if that happens. But uh, I appreciate that Yeah, about him. Yeah. And this area is um, 
uh, Maedros, and then there are... Oh, I thought this was, again, kind of going with that, like, self-sacrificing mm-hmm. thing. Um, he, the chief citadel, um, is upon the hill of Hemring, the Evercold. Yeah. So just this idea that this is this, like, barren, area, yeah. ba- barren, something is named Evercold. So it's cold, like, it's miserable. Like, it's like he's sent himself into exile, yeah. almost. You know, and, like, an exile in shit, because, like, technically they did already. Mm-hmm. Exile from Valinor, yeah, like an exile of shame. Like, okay, we're just gonna go over to the most, you know, of Beleriand. Mm -hmm. We're gonna go to the most like northwest. No, wait, northeast corner. Like, we're just gonna tuck ourselves away from everyone else. Don't worry about us. (laughs) Yeah, and they're not. Um, They're not protected. Like, uh, Angron and Egnor are up there too, but they've got those mountains. But like, Madros and Maglor and Kelgorm and Curdafin are all up there in this same area, just, like, I guess freezing their butts off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does mention that they there are some areas that they, like, fortify and yes. strengthen. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Carinthir. Yeah, that's right. Carinthir fortified the mountains to the east of Maglor's Gap. And remember, this is also where he comes in contact with um, some dwarves um, is over in this land. Um, yes. Where is the name? The oh, land of Caranthir. And here it was that Noldor first met the dwarves. It just says Dor Caranthir. Okay. I thought it mentioned <clears throat> Beglor. Beglor? Thargelion? Th- no, never mind. Don't worry about it. So yeah, it, ju- yeah, it just says the sons of Feanor under Maedros were the lords of East Beleriand. Mm-hmm. So they're over there. And then, yeah, Fingol. No. Yeah, Fingolfin. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. Yes, Fingolfin. And Finrod and, and Fingon are all have in East Beleriand, West, essentially. West Beleriand. No, wait. Yes, West Beleriand. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, and yeah, cool. It, it ends with, but none of the Noldor ever went over Arid Lindon while their realm lasted. I feel like that's important to note, while their realm lasted. Yes. So this is um, why he's explaining why they don't go over the mountains into the a- other areas of Middle Earth. They just, they don't. I don't know why. They, they never got around to it. <laughs> and then... um they sank into the sea. Um, and little news and late came into Beleriand of what passed in the regions of the east. Yeah. Ooh. So they're not like talking about or anything. Obviously, some of them make it there eventually, but that's the key point where he says, well, they're Rome. <laughs> and um, so concludes, I-, I would say, the worst piece of literature I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I like that he has such a good grasp on the history and like the stories of these people like because he's he's painting you a picture like i have some notes here so it says in the north that's morgoth in the west there's hithlum which is held by fingolfin and fingon they've got two separate places there and then there's nevras with turgon nargothrond with finrod and then we didn't mention this but brithombar which is where Círdan is. That's just what it's called. And then, you know, in the east, you've got the Sons of Feanor. So I like that he's kind of painting this picture of, like, where they started, where they go, where they end up. Like, <clears throat> it is sort of important if you want to understand the story of, like, a specific character. Like, if you're really interested in Finrod, you're like, want to know what Finrod's been doing, then then I would say this chapter is slightly more valuable to, to you than to anybody else. 
Um, but yeah, he's basically just describing the map. So if you don't have it in front of you, it's going to be really hard to picture what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> and like, this is coming from someone who I love playing open world. Maybe that's why I don't like this chapter mm-hmm. is because I love playing open world video games ah. and just running around and finding things for myself, yeah. you know? And in this chapter instead, it's him detailing every geographical land point that yes. we are going to be touching for the next, you know, 10 chapters. Right. Um, or 14 chapters, yeah. I forget. Oh, yeah, I guess we're, we're kind of halfway through the, Sil- the Silmarillion, sort of, kind of, because, like, we're more than halfway through the chapters, but then there mm-hmm. are also the two introduction sections, yeah. but then there are also two sections at the end, and they are... <laughs> very long so i don't know when we reach halfway point yeah um i i just yeah i feel so defeated from this chapter i hope to god it 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 gets better (laughs) or it at least goes back to being (laughs) what it was yeah it does it does i think this so i think he's just using this chapter as like a setup that way like if like for me it was important for me when i was reading this to be able to picture where things were um in relation to each other and like picture where certain people were going and coming from like that just was easier for me to understand the like vague you know overarching plot that he's describing so when he talks about stuff in the future I mean, he's sort of using this chapter to set that up and also give context for things that might have happened in the past. So I get why it's in there because this is very much a history textbook. He's not writing a novel. He's writing the history of Middle Earth. So that is why it's more dense and not as like literary, like literature It's more just like textbooky, I would say. Yeah, I see. I agree with so much of what you're saying of like, (laughs) I would also love to know where things are in relation to each Mm -hmm. other. But the way that he does it where he uses three different names for one place. And then as he's saying, like, the river, blah, blah, blah flowed through this land but as he's describing where it flowed through it's like he'll detour off yeah and like instead of just complete like just complete the one thought yes. if i'm like <laughs> hey where are the iron mountains in relation to yeah fingal and melian's land yeah. and a normal person would be like <laughs> north yeah. And Tolkien would be like, well, it's on the outermost edges yeah. of Beleriand and southwest and east-west yeah, of that not- is this land. And when you go to the west, you encounter these mountains. And then when you go to the east, you encounter this river. And if you go up river, then you find Thingol and Melian. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Your question? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he is not one for being uh, concise in his answers. And that's why, again, I will reiterate how important the map is. Because he doesn't, um, like, I think he does his best to kind of go, he goes from west to east, sort of, but he sort of, like, starts in the north, and he kind of goes down, and then he kind of goes back up, and then he goes down, and then he goes up, and then he goes down. So it's, like, sort of west to east, but in a very zigzaggy way. So unless you have a fantastic mental map of what he can, like, what he's saying, you can translate that into a landscape in your head. Which I don't know if anybody can do that. Um, you need to have like some sort of visual uh, representation. And I think he's more so doing it for like the characters. You know, like the most important thing I would say 
for anybody to take away from this chapter is just who is living where. That's really all you yeah. need to know is the yeah, important sure. characters, where they are. Um, that is like the biggest takeaway, I think, because everything else is just a little unless you just really want to be like a trivia master. Like if, if unless you want to be able if somebody asks you like, all right, who where is this person in relation to this person in this age? Unless you want to be able to answer that question with absolute certainty. I don't think there's a reason to obsess over this chapter and like reread it and figure out. Oh, I will not be. Like- I, I don't think I even read it the one time. I'll be, like I read it and I was like, I don't I don't think I wrote any. I, I didn't. Mem- I don't know what I just yeah. did. Like <clears throat> what happened? Um, I will summarize my thoughts with this mm-hmm. um, idea. They say a picture paints a thousand words. Well, Tolkien used a thousand words and for me, painted no pictures. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emily, thank you for coming on and helping us through this chapter. You Dear God. Go. I'm, I um, can do it. Where can people find you on the internet and what would you like to share with the audience? Um, You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Silmar Emily. It's just the beginning of the Silmarillion and then my name, Emily. <laughs> Um, and yeah, if you have made it this far in listening and reading, I commend you. I know I have a very unpopular opinion about this particular book. So yeah, everybody, you're just, you're doing a great job. If you're getting through it, you don't have to enjoy it. (laughs) I I think that's what like this podcast is (laughs) at this point with the Silmarillion. You're getting through it. Yeah. You don't have to enjoy it. People to be to talk about it with like that's what makes it easier is to talk about it, to talk through it with other people um, and to just like have those conversations and connections about it because that's that's really what like Tolkien's all about. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at Pod. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. For $3 a month, you can join the Discord server that is less than a Starbucks Frappuccino. Inflation, man. In the Discord server, I've received a lot of support for my sharp mental decline that this chapter caused me. So if you want to support me and my mental health, you can join the Discord server or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Mots. Now Mots, this is where I would usually say thank you so much for your support, but you did just tell me via Twitter that you have a Boromir Funko Pop. I can't have that. I just want to know like of all the char- like why would you get a Funko Pop of Boromir? Like there's so many other characters that if you're going to invest money in a Funko Pop, like why wouldn't you get, you know, Sam or Gandalf or Aragorn or Faramir. <laughs> they probably don't even have a Faramir Funko Pop. Anyway, Mots, despite this betrayal, I still very much appreciate your support and thank you. Now, next week, we are going to take a break from the Silmarillion because 
as you can tell by now, I need it. Um, and also, it's Pride Month, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring back Reverend Tom Emanuel so he can talk about his lecture series that he did at the beginning of this year called Queer and Back Again. And I just think that sounds like a fascinating topic, and he's excited to talk about that. So you don't have to do any preparation for next week's episode. You just get to tune in and learn something new. I, I feel so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, I just need to I need to go lie down for an hour. I need to go lie down for 45 minutes. No, an hour. A full hour. Oh, what? I want to keep going. Let's do chapter 15. All right. <laughs> oh I need ice cream and I need I feel like I need to like go into the fetal position and just like, like I need to go watch idea. something. I need to go watch something mindless yeah. right now. <laughs> it's oh a my lot of gosh. Brain power. Like literally no one asked me to think anything yeah. for, for the next 24 it's hours. A lot of brain power. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you again for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Uh no, just thanks for having me. I would love to come back next time. You have a really complicated chapter. Just let me know. I will do my best to advocate. <laughs> for finishing the song. Oh my god, it just like starts crying immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.